Hey, good morning. Uh, I thought today I would take a couple minutes just to talk about something that we've we've touched on before, but it's becoming such a large thing in our uh, Christian conversation right now. I thought it might not be a bad idea to touch on it again. Um, uh, the question comes up about the vaccination that's coming out. Um, is it the mark of the beast? That is a question that uh, that I'm hearing asked. Um, friends of mine who are Bible teachers are being asked that question. Uh, you may be wrestling with that question. And so I thought it might not be a bad idea to uh, spend a, a minute or two just kind of talking about it from a purely biblical perspective. What does the scripture say about the mark and does this fit that? Now, part of the reason I'm dealing with it and something I sort of want to say at the outset uh, is because there are uh, a lot of Bible teachers who are taking a particular perspective on this, some very well-known ones that I love and respect and listen to myself. Um, uh, and I won't mention them by name because my intention is not to stir anything up. Really, it's just to speak to this issue, uh, really with the intention of bringing uh, a measure of understanding, with that measure of understanding, a measure of peace of mind and heart about it. Uh, what is the mark of the beast? Again, we've talked about it a little bit, but let me just kind of uh, lay it out here. And the primary passage that answers this question is from Revelation chapter 13, in particular verses uh, 15 through 18, where, uh, where we are told that the false prophet, as he's referred to in Revelation uh, 17, he's called the second beast here uh, in Revelation 13, um, but the second beast is known as the false prophet, somebody who is given the same power and authority as the first beast, but his role is to lead people into a place of worshiping the first beast, and in particular an image that he'll construct uh, that he has the power to give life to. Uh, the, the, the false prophet has this power, and he will ultimately cause people around the world to have to worship the beast. Uh, and so the passage in Revelation 13 speaks about this. Uh, again, you'll read verses 15 through 18, really read the whole chapter, but in specific, I'll focus in on, on these verses. So the basic idea is, uh, in regard to the vaccination, let me maybe explain what some of the thinking is on this, and then discuss, is this something that the Bible says is the case? Uh, is this, does this qualify as the mark of the beast, biblically speaking? Uh, one of the more prominent theories about the vaccination uh, is that it contains, uh, uh, in some, some views, uh, nanotechnology, something like that, that ultimately can, uh, or, or even just, uh, you know, through the makeup of this vaccine, it has the potential to uh, alter our DNA and ultimately make us uh, something less than human. Um, uh, we talked about this a little bit in regard to uh, the AI component, the artificial intelligence component uh, that is involved in the man, uh, in the uh, charters, uh, the plans, I should say, more accurately, of the Great Reset. Uh, and so uh, the idea goes something like this, and there are variations, but I'll just throw out uh, one of those that is kind of prominent. The idea, again, that there is something within this vaccine that, uh, that has the potential to change or affect our DNA in a way that makes us something less than human. Uh, in some cases, the idea is that there's nanotechnology uh, that basically uh, will at some point sort of uh, make it the mark of the beast. And so therefore, um, Christians should not take this vaccine because it would be akin to taking the mark of the beast. And so, uh, and again, that's, that's a really, you know, there are lots and lots 
and lots of websites, YouTube channels, uh, and again, even uh, just uh, straight up Bible teachers that are taking the view that the vaccine is the mark of the beast or is the, is the, uh, or is the means by which the mark of the beast will, it's a clumsy way to put it, I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm fair to the view, um, but the idea is that if you take this vaccine, you've essentially taken the mark of the beast because when that system takes place, you will already have sort of preemptively uh, taken what uh, what will be the mark of the beast. And some, again, there's variations on it, so I'm trying to sort of meld together a bunch of different ideas on it. Uh, and the reason I do that and not take time to talk about every single different uh, nuanced version of that is because I think regardless of those nuanced versions, I don't, and please hear me out on this, I know this will become a divisive position to take. Many people are pro the positions that I'm sort of, uh, I'm sure not totally fairly, but somewhat uh, melding together. Uh, they'll take the positive view on that, that yes, this is the mark of the beast. I don't think it is. Uh, and I don't think so because I believe that the scriptures explain what the mark of the beast is, and this is not it based on what scripture says. Uh, could it be the technology that is ultimately used to bring in the mark of the beast? Sure, absolutely it could be. But the question is, is it the mark of the beast now? In other words, if you have already taken the vaccine, or if you are planning to take the vaccine, have you taken or are you taking the mark of the beast by doing so? And I would say, biblically speaking, the answer to that is an unequivocal no. You have not taken the mark of the beast. Um, again, it could later become the technology that is used to distribute the mark of the beast, but it is not currently the mark of the beast. Now, I mentioned Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. When you read that passage, you realize that the order of events goes something like this, uh, that the, the beast comes on the scene. Uh, he is actually an assassination attempt is made on his life in the course of his, uh, in the course of his uh, you know, reign and all. And, uh, and when he uh, ultimately recovers from this, uh, he becomes worshipped. Who is like the beast and, 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 and such as, as the world, uh, you know, will not call him the beast, but the world will recognize him as sort of a savior. Who is like this one? Uh, well, we know from scripture that this beast is empowered by Satan. So we know he's not really the Messiah. He's not the Christ. He's not the savior. But to the world, he will be. And he'll do amazing things like seemingly at least, if not literally, rising from the dead. Uh, and so the second beast, the false prophet, uh, will create an image of the beast, of the Antichrist, and demand that the world bow down and worship this image, and essentially then worshiping the Antichrist. And by extension, and this is what Satan's always been after, by extension, worshiping the dragon, Satan himself. This is the desire of Satan, it always has been. And so. Let me point out a couple of things here. As that happens, and as the false prophet demands that the image of the beast be worshipped, um, it then goes on to say that he will uh, institute a mark that needs to be taken uh, as a uh, in connection, seemingly, with this idea of worshipping the beast. And without this mark, no one can buy or sell. Now let me key in on the fact that this mark seems to be in direct connection with the idea of forcing people to have allegiance to the beast. Now if we believe that the beast is a government or some kind of a system, then we are prone to think that taking the vaccine is akin to bending the knee to a government system. However, the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet are people. 
They're not a government. They will head a government, but they're not a government. They're not a system. They will head a system, but they're not a system. They are actually literally people. Uh, hence, again, the Antichrist, an assassination attempt is made on his life, and he seemingly rises from the dead, and the people worship him as a result. Uh, we see more description of this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul describes the man of sin, another term referring to Antichrist. John, in his first epistle, uses the term Antichrist in his coming, and this is the person that is described both in uh, one of the people described in Revelation 13, and it is the person described in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, referred to as the man of sin. Uh, and the man of sin, at one point, will go into the temple. Uh, there will be a third rebuilt temple at one, uh, some point in our upcoming history. Uh, and the Antichrist will go into this temple, and he will sit in the place of God, uh, calling himself God and demanding to be worshipped above all that is called God. Okay, that is a person that will require this, and the means of accomplishing this will be both through the help of his uh, sidekick, the false prophet, and also through the idea of taking this mark of allegiance. Uh, this mark uh, will be necessary to buy and sell in that time. Um, so a number of things about that are not present currently. Uh, for example, the Antichrist is not on the scene yet. As a matter of fact, um, the Antichrist comes to power in Daniel's 70th week. He may be in government right now somewhere. He may be serving uh, as a leader of a nation right now, or he might be rising to power in some capacity somewhere. Uh, somewhere, by the way, I would suggest, uh, if not directly connected with Israel or in Israel, uh, he will be Jewish of ethnicity, at least in some sense. Uh, as we talked about when we talked about Moses um, uh, in our study in Acts chapter 7, uh, the prophecy uh, that Moses shared with Israel is that God will raise up a prophet like myself from among your brethren, referring uh, to the Messiah that would come. So anyway, the Antichrist, uh, he may be on the scene today. I believe he is. I believe he's active somewhere, somehow today. Uh, however, um, he is not in power and recognized as Antichrist yet. As a matter of fact, I would suggest, not to get off too far, but I would suggest that since Ezekiel 37 and 38, in my view, happened prior to Daniel, Daniel's 70th week, the Antichrist won't come in the scene and be acknowledged as the Antichrist, won't be seen, uh, he won't be in a position of being the Antichrist until after the events of Ezekiel 38 and 39, which I think is still yet to come and I think it's soon coming, and I think we may actually begin to see that really unfold in, in, uh, in, the, in the, the days to come very soon, uh, as, as um, I believe Iran will continue to grow and it's being emboldened, uh, as will Russia. But anyway, coming back to the person of Antichrist and therefore the mark of the beast, he's not on the scene yet. There is no image which comes first, apparently. Uh, if, if we're reading the scripture and how these things unfold, the mark comes after this image is created. It comes after Antichrist and the false prophet are on the scene. It will likely, it will need to come after Ezekiel 38 and 39 because that happens prior to Daniel's 70th week. There are a number of things that are not yet in place in order for the vaccine to be the mark of the beast. Uh, and another thing to think about here too is that nobody's going to be fooled into taking the mark of the beast. You willingly take the mark of the beast as a sign of your allegiance and, and both to him and to be part of the global system that he will oversee. And so there are a number of factors that are not yet in place for the vaccine to be the mark of the beast. I think that's a strong biblical case to be made. I understand that 
some of the original language behind the idea of the mark uh, has led some to believe that it could be speaking very well of, of a vaccine or something like that. It's a potential way to connect those dots. I don't know that that's necessarily true. And that's the point is that it's not necessary to see it that way. Uh, the idea of taking the mark of the beast and being in allegiance to the Antichrist and the global system he oversees is a, is a, it is described in no ambiguous terms. It is very, very clearly described. The idea of making the vaccine the mark of the beast uh, is ambiguous. It is not clear. Uh, it is a possibility in the mind of some, but it is in no way a clear uh, bowing the knee to the person who is an Antichrist worshiping his image, taking his marks that you can't buy or sell. Clearly, there are elements of taking this vaccine. We'll talk about this, uh, uh, I'm sure, in upcoming podcasts as well, where um, you know they're setting up basically passports, uh, digital passports based on uh, the idea of whether or not you've been uh, vaccinated. Uh, and without that, you won't be able to travel or maybe shop in certain places or go to concerts or things like that. There are things that are parallels to what will be true in the time of the mark of the beast. That does not necessarily mean that this is the mark of the beast. Uh, we oftentimes see throughout scripture types that are speaking of yet future events or future people and that kind of thing. However, um, they aren't the real thing themselves. They are uh, intended to help us understand when that person or when that event ultimately comes to be. And so I think that in some way, for example, um, Hitler was not the Antichrist, but yet he was a type of Antichrist. Caesars were not the Antichrist. They had, may have embodied the spirit of Antichrist, but they weren't the Antichrist. They were types of the Antichrist who was yet to come. I think the vaccination may have some elements to it that, that are uh, sort of a foreshadowing of how things will be when the mark is on the scene. But, they, but the vaccine itself right now is not the mark. And so therefore to take the, the vaccine, although I think there's reasons to question taking the vaccine purely on a, a common sense medical standpoint. I think it was rushed through so fast, we don't have any indication of the long-term effects of it. I think if you decide not to take it for that reason, that's a different thing altogether. But from a purely biblical standpoint, and that's what I'm speaking to here, from a purely biblical standpoint, you are not taking the mark of the beast by taking the vaccine today. Um, you know, I'm not going to say whether I'm in favor of you taking it or not taking it, but I can say, biblically speaking, that I am absolutely assured uh, from, a, again, from the scriptures that the mark of the beast is a particular thing that has particular elements surrounding it and involved in it happening under the time of a particular person who's not yet on the scene and is intended to help us, uh, to not help us, but for those who will take it, to basically bind themselves in allegiance to the Antichrist to the system that he's overseeing and ultimately in doing so they are forfeiting their eternity in heaven in taking it. Um, that's heavy and I think that's why the Bible is extremely clear on what it is so that there won't be any ambiguity about it. There will be, un, there will be no unclearness about uh, whether or not you are taking the mark when you take it. Um, uh, so, uh, so with that said, I just wanted to address it um, because I think it's an important thing. It's certainly important in the minds of many. Uh, both Bible teachers, but even just the average person, an average Christian, somebody who is just wanting to know what's going on and is uh, maybe um, concerned about getting COVID. Do I take the vaccination? If I do so, am I forfeiting my eternity? Hey, that's a heavy thing to think about. From the scriptures, I believe the answer is very clearly 
no, you're not taking the mark of the beast if you take the vaccine. Um, um, so, uh, you know, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that uh, in a cavalier fashion. I don't say that uh, in a way uh, uh, without recognizing the weight of what we're talking about here and the concerns that you may have. And that's why I'm trying to be as clear as I can. If we're going to stand on what the scriptures say about anything, um, this is certainly something that is clear enough for us to be able to read it for what it says, believe it for what it says, and know where we are in regard to answering this question based on what the scripture says. Can it become the technology that is used by the Antichrist when the time comes for the mark of the beast to actually be distributed? Sure it can, absolutely it can, but is it that now? Is, now, is it now the mark of the beast? The answer is no, it is not. Uh, and so I will leave you simply with that. Again, this is not an endorsement for taking or not taking it based on whatever your reasoning might be. Um, but from a biblical standpoint, I think it is a stretch to make this unequivocally the mark of the beast. And I think if we are that unsure, and some people will say they're not unsure, they're positive of it, but I would have to challenge that biblically. Um, um, and I think it's important for us to have a good, solid understanding of what the Scripture says about these things so that we don't get sensationalized about it, so that we don't mislead people, so that we sim and, and plus so that we teach people to go to the Scripture specifically in order to understand these things. Um, the Scriptures define our understanding of these things. Things that are going on around us don't make the Scripture say something that it's not saying. So, enough said. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the clarity that your word can bring. And I do pray that we would not live in fear, that we would not um, um, misinterpret or misunderstand and therefore uh, live uh, with a sense of fear again about these things. But help us to recognize that as your children, your desire for us is to walk in wisdom and knowledge, to ultimately glorify you, to, to live as a living testimony and witness to you in the days in which we live. And you've called us to live in increasingly troublous times so that we might uh, ultimately be a witness for you in the midst of it. And we thank you that so many are coming to Christ in these days, recognizing the times in which we're living and are so troubling that many are looking for the answer. Uh, and that answer is you. And so we pray that, Father, we would be instruments, tools in your hand to help people come to that life-giving, eternity-altering relationship with you. Uh, the way, the truth, and the life. So we thank you, we praise you, and ask you to help us to continue through these days with wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and most of all, faith, as we walk with Jesus. Thank you, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I do hope, I, I know that uh, over, the, over times where we've talked about this subject, that some have um, um, really taken a different view on that. And, and I don't want to say taken me to task on it, that's harsh, but definitely challenged the ideas that I've just spoken about. I do hope that maybe if, uh, if, if your perspective is that you don't agree with what I'm saying, that you'll maybe listen one more time through, and then if you want to comment and ask questions or maybe throw out some ideas, let's dialogue on it. I definitely welcome that. And uh, I think it's good for us, and I think it can be iron sharpening iron in many respects, and so it can be a very good thing. Um, so anyway, uh, again, I don't take lightly the topic that we're talking about here, but I do believe, biblically speaking, that, that what we're sharing on this is something that uh, legitimately lines up with Scripture. And that's with deference to my brothers and such as sisters that might be uh, holding a different perspective coming from the Bible on it, you know, granted. Uh, um, but but uh, 
but this is this is where I'm coming from on that. So in any case, I hope it's helpful. So God bless you, and we'll catch up with you next time. As always, you can leave your comments and questions and 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 such uh, uh, under this YouTube video in the comments section, or if you want to go to uh, my personal website, uh, as I've often said, it is ParsonsPad.com. You can also uh, email me from there. You can subscribe to the audio version of this podcast from there, or you can go to our church's website at CalvaryChapelFranklin.com, and you can email me. And you can also learn about our fellowship, which is always we invite you to come out and, uh, and fellowship with us too. So God bless you. Thanks, and we'll catch up with you next time.